0: Welcome into Tailgate. Austin Gill here with Mike Renner in sunny Cincinnati. We're both staying home for the holidays here. Thanksgiving edition of the podcast. If you're listening on Thanksgiving, you fucking love to see that commitment. We are talking NFL Week 11 preview, not the Thanksgiving games. Got a listener mailbag on the back end, some trivia at the back end, then guess what? Interview with Penn State's Arnold Abichetti. A fantastic interview to close out your Thanksgiving Thursday. Let's get it. Tomorrow is the day, or today, today, we're recording on Wednesday, Wednesday, 336. Tomorrow is the day where we will see everyone and their mother have the same take on turkey, offering it as if it's a unique take.
1: Are you excited for that? No, it's already begun, honestly. We get it. You don't eat turkey all the time. No one eats turkey around. It's because it's not that special. It's not that spectacular. We know, but it's tradition. And you're still gonna, if you don't fucking eat it, you're a big weirdo.
0: We know you prefer dark meat over white meat. You know that turkey, we know that you think turkey is dry. We know that you think it's overrated. We know that you'd rather have steak. I don't give a fuck. I don't care about your turkey. Put a taste. goddamn turkey in the oven. So I, I would say. rather see someone go on Twitter tomorrow and be like, I fucking love turkey. It would yeah. be a great change of pace. It would be love a really turkey. great change of pace. Thank you, Quinn. Send it. Unless
1: turkey. Everyone- I, I will say, you get a good turkey leg. That's, that's right up. There. That's as good as any chicken. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. If you're comparing turkey to steak, you're already being a moron yeah. anyway. It's like, sure, you can eat steak every day for the rest of your life and diet fit. I actually prefer lobster over turkey.
0: I'm a kind of you know, it's a different take for me. <laughs> yeah. like, no shit, you prefer, prefer lobster over turkey. Turkey's a I'm cheap. more of a wagyu guy. <laughs> well, if it's not wagyu, I'm not. I had prime rib on a Thanksgiving once. It was yeah, phenomenal. that's actually
1: prime rib is good Christmas. That's my uh, of a Christmas yeah. tradition. I like ham more though. I like ham too. Yeah. yeah.
0: Anyway. I wanted I wanted to do Thanksgiving side rankings, yes. power rankings. But before we do so, in my family, before it was a broken home, I was the guy who cooked the Thanksgiving turkey. Really? And the first year, in the first year, I did a brown bag, pa- brown paper bag turkey, where you butter the fuck out of a brown paper bag, stick the turkey in it, and then it cooks a little bit longer, breast side down, and it comes out phenomenal. Second year, I did it. So you butter the fuck out of this bag, like yeah. oil this bag up, just like you're, okay, but you, you, um, <laughs> know. you make this Always. happen, you make this happen, right? And then you put it on a pan because you have a butter brown bag in the oven. If you let that thing drip onto the bottom, you're toast. Second year I did it, didn't look Got at the directions. The I put the pan in the bag too.
1: Oh, so you're smoking a,
0: so, your oven. So just- then the oven catches on fire, oh, turkey's yeah. toast, we ended up getting like sandwiches for tur- Thanksgiving. It was kind of a disaster. I haven't cooked it since. That is if you are
1: a turkey noob, Cooking your first Tube. turkey this year. Wrapping a turkey is the easiest way to come out with a solid turkey. Yes. It's, Wrapping it something. Yes. Like uh tin foil, whatever you want. Wrapping it's a quick way to get a more moist turkey than Can you modify my following most? a perfect moisture. <laughs> All right.
0: Let's rank these sides. The number one side, and I know we both agree with this, yep. it shouldn't even come close. Is stuffing? I, I don't yeah, care if it's boxed Stouffer's stuffing or obviously the more enriched you go with it and kind of flex on the stuff that's going to be pretty fire. You too. want to
1: throw it in the ch- turkey? Almost chicken. If you want to throw it in the turkey, probably better that way. Yeah. But any sort of stuffing is the bomb. I have a take on stuffing. It should be alongside fries and. Like tater tots, as yes. a, just an option at restaurants. Why
0: isn't it year round?
1: Yeah. Why I is think
2: stuffy- that's the the more nuanced Thanksgiving take. It's not you know turkey versus ham. It's should stuffing be a year round yeah. dish? And because it should be, yeah. It should be. It's I, very
1: I, I agree with that. All right, your number two, my side. number two side is wine. I'm not a big <laughs> wine guy, but on Thanksgiving, something <laughs> about it calls for wine. Holidays in general, yeah. But that's—I mean—those are my most two most consumed right there: are stuffing and wine sauce. So, I, I mean. I'm big number
0: two for me, and I'm kind of a piece of shit for this cranberry sauce. Cranberry Ooh. sauce makes a bad turkey good. It's a, probably oh, right. the whole reason it yeah. came out. You know, the canned cranberry sauce. It's like <laughs> turkey reckon. tastes like shit. This is a good way to like make sure you only taste yeah. cranberry when you eat your turkey. But you get the stuffing, a roll, turkey, maybe a little mashed tape, then some cranberry sauce, and you stack that puppy up. That's a that's a hot that's a hot. I'm getting a little hot right here over talking about. If you about put
1: it. it in like a waffle iron and then oh make wow. it, like oh, a little panini, a, little, a little waffini, a little protein. Your the number for three you. side. My number three sides are roll mm. of any kind. Um, my my hot Thanksgiving take is that all the vast majority of traditional Thanksgiving desserts suck. Yes, are, are not worth the calories. Mm-hmm. But a nice Thanksgiving roll with some butter. You don't even have to put anything on it. Mm. If it's a good enough, roll. Yeah. Number three for me, I don't
0: know if I'd lean roll, honestly. Number three for me, I honestly might just leave it. I just want stuffing and cranberry sauce. It's the only reason I I don't even need need a third piece, but I do have a take on dessert. Apple pie. The fact that lattice apple pie exists is an absolute joke. The only apple pie that's worth its fucking salt is crumb apple pie. Why would you want your pie topping to be anything else? The crummy cinnamon sugary fire... Yeah, is obj- the Dutch or the Dutch apple pie or whatever is the best one?
1: The lattice is just a flex; it's an unnecessary flex. You're trying it's to butt cheeks flex. It's it's what you bring to like your relative that you want to prove that you're you make more money than. Yeah. bring the lattice apple yeah. pie. And everyone's like, oh, shit, they brought the lattice apple pie. They, they make way
0: it. more money than me. Yeah. That's everyone's first reaction.
1: <laughs> oh, my God,
0: they're rolling in dough. They yeah. just brought in the lattice. All right, let's get our college football playoff reactions, too. Enough Thanksgiving talk. We're going to get enough of that tomorrow. Number one, Georgia. Number two, Ohio State moving up two spots to number two. Called it. Then Bama goes to three. Cincinnati at four, first group of five team to ever make the top four in any ranking in the college football playoff history. At five, Michigan for now. Notre Dame at six. We've had this conversation on the Monday podcast. This is what you saw coming down the pike now. The only route I see here for I, I honestly think the most likely team to be the number four team or um yeah, the number four team is Notre Dame. I think it's ultimately gonna be Georgia, Ohio State, Cincy, because Bama loses to Georgia in the national championship. And Alabama at two maybe drops down to four, right? Like if they stayed mm-hmm. at two and they lost to Georgia in a close one, maybe they drop only to four. At three, they're gone. They lose. I don't care. Two loss Alabama team is not making the top four. So then it goes one Georgia, two Ohio State, three Cincy, and then four, here comes Notre Dame off a blowout
1: against Stanford. Yeah, so in my kaiser uh sort of putting the— What was that? The, Kaiser-Suse? That was what— wasn't that what who uh, Charlie Day was talking about? I don't know the one Char- the Char- the Charlie Day rant that I went on about the college football playoff in the other episode. You haven't seen the or always Sunday episode. Uh, maybe I haven't either. Now that I say <laughs> that, but no, Pe- Pepe <laughs> Sylvia. That's who it was. Not mm, very similar. That's who it was. Close. That's who it was. I, it's right on the money. There. I mean, <laughs> <sighs> but that was like uh, never mind. There's something to that. Listen, had the top seven, right? And what I did not expect was Baylor at eight, which to me actually signals that Oklahoma State could have a good shot. Of making the college football playoff because they have Oklahoma this week and then they have Baylor if they beat Oklahoma in the finals. So that would be two back-to-back top 10 teams that they would have beaten to go into the barn. So I think they have a good chance of jumping Notre Dame should that be the case. But on the flip side of things, Oklahoma sitting at 10, wait, getting no respect at this point with only one loss, with two, 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 two lost teams ahead of them, if they beat Oklahoma State back-to-back weeks, I'm not sure they jump Notre Dame. So... That's my all, only that's all takeaway. But I thought they got the top six correct. I think that's how it should be right now.
0: I'm, I agree. And I said on the Chris Collinsworth podcast, which you haven't watched yet, go check out the Chris Collinsworth podcast. Me, Mike, and Chris all sit down to talk shop in college football. I said the four best teams in college football are Georgia, Ohio State, Cincinnati, and I remember who I said now. I said – Alabama. Alabama. Those are the four best teams. But those aren't ultimately going to be what makes it, right? That's why I'm hoping Alabama wins against Georgia. it should Georgia. just be the
1: four best teams. It should, because a, th- a theoretical best is...
0: You can't prove it. Yeah, no, I know. I know yeah. it shouldn't just be the four best teams, yeah. but I hope it is the four best teams. And it should. And the only way that happens is if, SC, uh, you know, Alabama, Alabama Georgia. beats Georgia, then you'll probably get Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Cincy. Yeah, would be hot. be hot. Would be pretty hot.
1: Except for Notre Dame.
0: The Let's last catch and early buzz I have here is Aaron Rodgers showed his toe on Zoom. Now this isn't like that guy who got caught masturbating on Zoom. But it's being shared, yeah, at the same, this intentional. It's
1: shared at the same volume, right? I, um, have not, I did not actually end up seeing that guy's penis. So you don't have, have that volume. bookmarked? I can send you the link. Yeah. I have it right here on Google Chrome. No, go
0: <laughs> ahead. But uh, the, your reaction to everyone and their mother sending out screenshot. Well, the
1: screenshot. The funny part to me was that he joked on the Pat McAfee show that it was COVID toe because people were theorizing that it could have been COVID toe. And that's why he shows Wait, his what foot. The, what the hell COVID is... toe is like a rash you get after getting COVID. And people are like, oh, it could be COVID toe. And he like trollingly said, Oh yeah, you mean my COVID toe on the Pat McAfee show and Wall Street Journal ran with that and wrote a whole article about how Aaron Rodgers has COVID toe. And then, so that's why he shows his toe. How is this the first time I'm hearing about COVID toe? Uh, it was kind of all over Twitter. I don't know. I follow the Packers people because obviously uh, obvious reasons, but my parents live in green Bay, but that's neither here nor there, but he does not have COVID toe. He has a broken piggy toe, which I've actually had twice. So this is one injury I can speak on. It sucks, but you just kind of you can walk. You just have like to mobilize it. You just stick it to your ne- next toe and kind of deal with the pain. Mike, My- I broke it in a door hinge and I broke it with a golf club hitting it. Both
0: has good. Quinn, do you, have you heard of COVID toe before this?
2: No. I don't, I mean, I know the story. I know about Aaron Rodgers and his his COVID toe thing. Dude, you Google
0: COVID toe? This thing's fucking foul, dude. It looks like kind of like frostbite. Should I stitch in a picture? Stitch in a picture of COVID toe. The first one is foul. It looks like, uh, it looks like, um, yeah.
1: There's blisters all over your toes. I'll stitch
0: in a tame picture. Stitch, stitch in something hot.
1: But that's why he shows his oh, toes. Oh,
0: okay. That makes more sense. I'll now. stitch in the Aaron Rodgers picture, too. Okay. Right. Not, don't stitch in the masturbating uh, video that we spoke about. Be, that one's easy enough to find. Just, yeah, you'll yeah. find
1: that anywhere you search, like. It, all and right. Search Dancing Bear and you'll
0: Catch an early buzz. Before we do it, what's? can you give me your best Thanksgiving? What was your best Thanksgiving?
1: No. Was it Not going to give you your <laughs> best Thanksgiving. I don't know. Like, they're all good. I'm always thankful. They're all good. Go for What are you thankful for this year, Austin? Your
0: mom's ass. All right. One o'clock slate. Steelers, Bengals. Bengals favored by four and a half, and I want to give them the kiss of death again. The kiss of death is me thinking the Bengals will lose. Oh. No, no, no. Me thinking the Bengals will win, and then they lose. I am going to back the Bengals this week. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Bengals fans. I'm sorry, Bengals kingdom. I'm backing the Bengals. Joe Burrow has been great this year, and the Steelers aren't. Big Ben ranks 25th among 26 quarterbacks with at least 200 dropbacks from a clean pocket in grade. They rank 23rd in EPA per play on offense. There is zero reason this Steelers team should go into Cincinnati and beat them. Let alone, I think that I I, I don't think they'll beat them. Steelers could cover. It is four and a half. That's through a three key number there. And the Bengals have been up and down. Joe Burrow coming off one of the worst games we've had in his season this year. He only had I think four passes over 10 yards in ever. that game. He needs to play as well as he has in previous weeks. I think he can. The Steelers' defense isn't as vaunted as it was. You still have T.J. Watt, questionable injury, even though he's expected to return. He's coming back from an injury. I'm keen on on the Cincinnati Bengals this week. i like them to cover the four and a half.
1: Yeah, see, I have no real – nothing really to add to that other than expectations are simply too high for Cincinnati. This is when, as everyone in Cincinnati knows – Don't say it. When expectations are high – They crumble. The worst – We're split here. This is 2015 playoffs – Versus the Steelers at home, sort of high expectations that they're just going to lose. Like it's like oh it's, it's no. going to fall. It's going to fall oh apart. It just always no. does. And the Steelers are always the one that does it because they're the perennial winners. Whereas the Cincy is the perennial doormats. I hope I'm wrong. I pray I'm wrong. But it just seems like expectations are getting too high once again, and that's just kind of.
2: It's not a an analytical share. take from an analytical company, <laughs> but you speak 100%. But everyone, everyone <laughs> You're speaking it's Ben. It yeah, exactly. yeah, that's exactly how it is. Also, uh, Big Ben might have COVID toe, too. Oh, yeah. We, yeah so have we seen his about.
1: feet? Have we seen Ben's feet? That might help him, though. You know, Like, Big Ben, when he's banged up, that's a dangerous Big Ben. Big yeah. Ben fully healthy with a week of practice is the one you want to see, actually.
0: I don't know if anyone wants to see him banged up. But uh, let's get off this game. You're taking Steelers plus four and a half? I'm taking Steelers. And to you're taking them to win? Would you take any of the money? Yeah. Oh, my God. Bucks at Colts. Bucks are only three point favorites on the road against Indy. Tampa, top five in both EPA per play on offense, EPA per play allowed on defense. They have been good this year. Very good this year. And while the Colts have played a lot better down the stretch, and like in the run game, I think they rank second in EPA per rush. Like Jonathan Taylor has gotten it going. However, I am I saying that. this. Jonathan Taylor does not have a day against this Bucks defense. Only one player, no, only two players of the last two seasons have rushed for more than 100 yards against this Tampa Bay defense. And that's Khalil Herbert this season and Dalvin Cook last year. And they barely cleared 100. I don't think Jonathan Taylor has this day that's been propping up the Colts. So they're going to have to lean more on Carson Wentz. And anytime you're leaning on Carson Wentz, shit hits the fan. I think shit hits the fan this week, even at home. I like the Bucks
1: minus three. Yeah, I like the Bucs minus three as well. The reason being Vita Vea. Back this week, should be playing. That's just a difficult defense to run the ball against when he is healthy and playing. And Sean Murphy bunting low key, we didn't really talk about last week on Monday Night Football, but he is back giving them Jamel D and Sean Murphy bunting, giving them a formidable cornerback duo once again that yeah, I like this Bucks defense when they're at full strength.
0: Panthers fuller
1: strength. Fuller. fuller, more strength. fuller. More fuller. Can you modify full? Fullish strength. Panthers at
0: Dolphins. Dolphins one and a half point dogs at home over the Cam Newton flying high Carolina Panthers.
1: This defense in Carolina—they just lost.
0: No, they're flying high on vibes. It's
1: the the vibe it's, it's, a, I mean, it's very vibe. They're flying at a faster speed than they were with Sam Darnold. Yes, and more fun okay. speed. Yeah, a vibeier fee speed.
0: <laughs> Defensively, though, they've been consistent all season long. They ranked yeah. third in EPA per play allowed on defense, and that's with. You know Their pressure rate to start the season was phenomenal. They rank outside the top 15 in pressure rate on the season, even after that hot start. A lot of this being some of the stuff that they've had on the back end with Dante Jackson and company. Like They've played well in the secondary. Meanwhile, Miami, I looked at EPA per play with Jacoby Brissett and every other quarterback but Tua. They rank better in efficiency with Brissett than they have with Tua. Even though Tua has played better, this offense still is not hitting on all cylinders. I think this is the week where Cam Newton, Chris McCaffrey go down to South Beach. Not only do they cover this number, I think they win big, man. I think this is a big Carolina Panthers win against the Miami Dolphins. Yeah,
1: you got a sack specialist duo in Hassan Reddick, who has 14 sacks by our charting. Brian Burns with seven, going up against a pair of tackles that have allowed 14 sacks themselves this season. That's a bad combo, and they get home quick, man, those guys. They are fast off the edge. So I just, yeah, that off the line, that's – going up against a real defense, they're not going to be able to sustain drives. There's not. Any, any drop-back passing will result in a sack eventually during the drive, and that's going to end them. Before we get to
0: Titans at Patriots, I have to bring up a proud sponsor of this podcast. You know who it is. It is X-Chair. X-Chair has been a phenomenal sponsor of the Tailgate podcast. It's a new sponsor, but it's been a phenomenal one. And my take on X-Chair really is, is that I want to work more in my chair that is of the X variety than I want to work in any other chair working from home is more important than ever now optimize your home office with an X chair and many of our accessories to enhance your focus productivity and energy and comfort once you feel the customized support of X chairs patented dynamic variable lumbar or DVL there's no going back I might get a DVL tattoo on my chest I might DVL dynamic variable lumbar why not me you know, you made fun of my tattoo about the office on my thigh. What about a DVL tattoo on my chest?
1: You're saying nothing. It's probably better than the one on your oh, thigh. Oh, fuck
0: off. It, it, it's it's only LMX massage and temperature regulation exclusively designed and made for X-chair. With versatile comfort and extraordinary design, X-chair fits any space, high performance, quality engineering, and extreme comfort. Those are all the reasons I love my X-chair. Now I can't wait to be at work. And sometimes, even if I'm not working, I sit in the X-chair and I'm like... I'm a big fan of this. Take my advice. Try X Chair for yourself, risk-free for 30 days. Go to xchairtailgate.com. That's the letter X Chair T A I L G A T E dot com, or call one eight four 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 X Chair for hundred dollars off your first order. X Chair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort, and you can financial purchase for as little as three dollars a month. X If you're watching on YouTube, check out the link to below. You can also get Manscaped. Manscaped just launched new products, including their own all-new ultra-premium body wash and a 2-in-1 shampoo and conditioner. It's time to give yourself or someone who needs it the gift of beautiful skin, hair, and balls for this holiday season. Go to manscaped.com and use code PFF for 20% off plus free shipping tis the season to load up on manscape products so go get yourself your dad your brother your mom's boyfriend and friends the best gift of all the manscape performance package 4.0 get 20 percent off and free shipping with code pff at manscape.com that's 20 off with free shipping at manscape.com use code pff clean up your nuts to make who proud santa
1: make santa proud with some fucking clean ass nuts Should, okay so like it says clean up your nuts shouldn't it be clean up your sack since santa c- carries a sack I know it should. But I think nuts holds more weight. I'm, I'm, they, trying to, I'm trying to work on the copy here for them. Would you
0: prefer because they have balls in the copy, nuts in the copy, but no sack in the copy? Yeah, Santa cures this. Any any thoughts on why don't we? Talk, but it, wait, let's let's pubes. be honest about here. I hate to run a read long here. Yeah. But when you are shaving your pubes, yeah. 20% of the shave is on your nuts? 80%
1: is in the pubic reach? Yeah. Well, pubic? the most Where's... Da- the most precarious is on the sack. Yeah. You know, no, like no, that's no, yeah. That you're is where you got to be.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a good point. Because I think pubic region kind of gets left out in this read, right? Well, yeah. I mean, Make Santa proud and clean up that fucking pubic region. Clean up the tops of your thighs, you weirdo. No, that's true. Tops of your thighs. I think that's a good <laughs> take. All right, let's get out of this. Titans at Patriots. This number has gotten out to seven. Patriots at home favored by seven over the Tennessee Titans. The Titans are flailing right now their offense ranks 31st in epa per play since derrick henry got hurt do running backs matter maybe they do they just cut adrian pearson they're running dante foreman
1: adrian Adrian pearson does not matter
0: no no i know (laughs) i know adrian pearson doesn't matter but i'm saying they're looking for help and desperation in the backfield because so much of this offense is predicated on him and all that shit they have not been playing well of late meanwhile since week five so throughout the first four weeks this offense in New England with Mac Jones ranks top five in EPA per play. The defense, season long, ranks top five in EPA per play allowed. Mm-hmm. They also rank tied for second in total explosive plays on offense when throwing the football, right behind Dallas. And that's with Mac Jones and this baby aren't bullshit or whatever. I think Jacoby Myers is being underrated. I think Kendrick Bourne, who ranks 10th in yards per run this season among all receivers, also being underrated. The Pats maybe shouldn't be favored by seven, seven and a half. It gets to that number. I'm just betting Tennessee at a hope. But... I like the Pats to win. And I will say cover the six and a half. If it gets to seven, gets to seven and a half. That key number,
1: I'll bet Titans. But right now, six and a half, I'm taking New England. The the Titans are, this is going to sound a lot like my explanation for the the Bengals, literally in the anti-expectation specialists this season. Rams game. Damn near touchdown dog. Win outright. Chiefs game. Bills game. Same story. Texans game. 10 point favorite. Lose. So, when they are this big dog, like they are in this game they 're going to win that 's just that 's just the pattern they 've been going up against and and now, to actually give some real analysis to that, the defense has not really gone anywhere. The defense held up well against the Texans, held up well against the Rams, held up well against the chiefs, obviously, like this defense is for real has players at every level I think that can actually match up with the patriots, and they aren 't going to get bullied around by this defensive line or excuse me offensive line like. They have the Patriots one, as Patriots have done in recent weeks. So for that reason, six and a half is just a lot, again, for a good team to be getting. So you're Titans? getting, you're betting Titans.
0: Titans. All right, fair enough. Titans. Eagles at Giants. Giants, three and a half point dogs at home. And I said the Titans were flailing. This Giants team has got Freddie Kitchens calling plays this week. Yeah. It's it's a down bad situation in New York, in East Rutherford. They know they're cleaning house. Everyone in that locker room knows Freddie Kitchens Joe Judge, Gettleman might all be out here. Daniel Jones might be fucking out. I don't think anyone's really locked in for this home game against an Eagles team that ranks third in EPA per play since week six. That is literally running the football at the highest rate of any team in that stretch and still ranks top three in EPA per play. This offensive line is buzzing. Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, I don't care who it is, Jalen Hurts, they are running the football with a lot of success. And while this Giants defense is built to stop the run with some of the fatties down low, I don't think there are enough fatties and enough energy in that locker room. This is a reeling team to really fucking stop this Eagles team.
1: Yes. I picked a
0: lot of favorites. I'm going to get boned again, huh? Mm. I picked Bengals, Bucks, Panthers, Pats, and fucking (laughs) Eagles. I need to stop betting. I need to stop betting because I'm a
1: moron. This one, though, I'm with you. I I will say Giants have the second lowest pass rushing grade of A-team in the NFL. The only one lower is the Falcons. We already saw what the Eagles did to the Falcons. And that was the demolition in week one. Like, if you cannot get to Jalen Hurts, and you're not going to, and he has all day. I mean, shit, anyone in the NFL has all day. But especially Jalen Hurts, with how dynamic he is as a runner, and especially with this run game humming the way it is, Gi- Giants aren't going to really have any answers. So, yeah, give me the Eagles, even though they are on the road. Just give me a I guess. need to find a dog, and I need to find one fast. And I'm not talking at the banks in Cincinnati. Falcons at Jaguars. Falcons are literally... though. I'm taking it. Well, can we get to the Wednesday before Thanksgiving? Best going out night of the year.
0: You said to me... You say that about like 60 nights <laughs> a <laughs> year every single night. What else night. have I said? You have said the night of daylight savings, like best night go out of the year Oh, you the I do say that
1: about daylight savings. You get the extra hour. But no, this one... And you is. say that literally every college football Saturday. Well, I'm college football Saturday, <laughs> it's a college football game going on.
0: You need to rank... So you know how people... Send out those tweets about like ranking the beer, like yeah. ranking oh shower nice beer, which shower beer making any of those lists. Uh, By the who the fuck thinks a shower beer is good?
1: Yeah, yeah, it, shower beers are fine. They're just not.
0: What do you mean fine? I would say they're not even good. I, I'd rather have a beer after I get out of the shower. Yeah. They're fine. But when's the
1: last time
2: you realistically drank a shower beer? It's been a while.
0: I tried one I when I was like, like on a, a cabin trip or something where everyone's just drinking all day and you're doing some dumb shit. But like, some point the somewhere. beer's getting warm. You're actually trying to shower, like well, I don't understand the like. You're getting soap on your hands. You got shampoo flying into the lit. Like, what's the point? It's like
2: a younger man's game. I feel like, yeah, yeah, because you're more
0: stupid and you don't really get it. And you're just like you're like rinsing yourself in the <laughs> shower the with a beer. You're more going into the shower to drink the beer than actually like. There's a difference between a shower beer where like you're just rinsing off and drinking a beer because you're an idiot. Yeah,
1: but if you actually wanted to have a legitimate shower and bring a beer with you, I don't think there's a lot of value in that. That reminds me of when you said pouring beer on yourself. My brother used to pour uh, freezing cold water on me growing up as a kid, like when I was like in high school. Every night? Well, no, no, I was like in the shower. Water po- so we oh, shared yeah, a shower. Yeah, yeah, here. yeah, yeah. We had two bedrooms so we shared a shower. Um and so like when I was in the shower, he'd like pour ice cold water on me. And so, after enough times to get him back, I peed in the cup and poured pee on him.
0: <laughs> oh, no way. <laughs> you poured pee on him? Yeah.
1: And he hated that. And that No was it. shit. That you was took uh, it way too far. That was the end of that. that we uh, used prank to do
0: work. that. So every time we'd have a hotel as kids. With my family, we go on a vacation or something. You have, like, the ice bucket in the hotel, right? Yeah. And then eventually overnight, that thing melts in the morning. It's kind of uh, cold as cool. shit. Important Whoever stuff. took the first shower, my dad would grab that and just douse your ass. <laughs> one time, one time, one. It, you know, because you probably, when you did the water thing, you're dumping it over the top of the curtain because yeah. you're not trying to flash your... He yeah. came in, whipped the curtain open. I'm like, ah! And then he just goes, yeet! Just, like, right on my chest. Kind of blew me up. It wasn't pissed though, which yeah. I think he would have gotten to that step if it got to that level. But... Yeah. Did we take Falcons. Jags.
1: Um, we have not yet.
0: I'm taking a, another favorite here. I know <laughs> you are. I'm not touching the Jags. The Jags are one and a half point dogs. How the hell are the Jags only one and a half point dogs? The Falcons are not this horrendous. The Jaguars, I would three even say, the
1: last two weeks. To be fair, who has the Falcons?
0: Yeah, last yeah week, but the, last two this this is a Jaguars team that legitimately is worse than even their record, and their record isn't good. Yeah, the Jaguars have won two or two and eight, and they have a bottom two offense and defense and efficiency so far this year. Nothing is going well outside of the drop passes that Trevor Lawrence is throwing. Like, every single week you have a highlight reel of Trevor Lawrence making some plays, and it's Marvin Jones dropping every single one, or it's whoever the fuck they also got out there. Like, I don't think this Jaguars team is even as good as their two wins they have. They should probably be in the market for the number one overall pick, but Lions are paving the way for them. I think the Falcons, again, another favorite on the road. I'm taking them.
1: Yeah, the Jags haven't scored more than 23 points in a game this year. And... That's like the a league average offense averages more than that per game. And the Jaguars haven't done it once. This is – there's – Do you still feel good about Irvin Myers, coach of the year? No. I <laughs> never called him coach of the year, but I feel terrible about him as just the head coach game. in general. And now they lose Jamal Agnew. They literally have no weapons for Trevor Lawrence to throw to. And it's not like it's schematically a scheme guys open either. This is – I don't care who you are. I don't care what defense it is. Falcons aren't particularly special, but they're not going to put up points. It's not. It's what the Jaguars have done all year. So if you can guarantee me a team's going to score less than 23 points, I don't love them to cover in any given game.
0: The total in that game is 46.5. At a one-point spread, you're expecting both teams to clear
1: 23 points. Jags' D has been okay, shall we say.
0: But I kind of like the under, don't you?
1: Yeah, but I, I also like... The Falcons cover.
0: All right. Falcons are favorite on Green Line. If you're an elite subscriber, you could see that they're a value on Green Line. I'm finally picking a dog. Me too. And it's my favorite dog. It's my favorite dog every year. This is not my favorite dog. I haven't picked him once this year. This is my my favorite team to bet as a dog. Oh. Because Tarod Taylor is playing for the Houston Texans, and they're three and a half point dogs at home against Zach Wilson coming off an injury.
1: Yeah. That's the thing.
0: This is, in my opinion, a money line bet. I am big on Texans winning this week. I like. The Texans. Oh Texans. Texans over the Jets this week. Three and a half point dogs. I'm big keen. I am big keen. And it's because of Trod Taylor and Trod Taylor alone. It's not David Cully, it's not this offense, it's not anything. It's Trod Taylor as the GOAT, and I'm betting him.
1: Yeah, I like them too. Um I just the Jets defense is poop. Like it's it's not good. And the offense was better without Zach Wilson. So when Zach Wilson comes back, it's a legit downgrade. Uh, now I hope we see the – I hope we see him feature or throw to Elijah Moore because he was not early in the season. And with him out, Elijah Moore has been flourishing four touchdowns the past three weeks. I hope we still see that. But even still, like I, I, like I said, I like this Texans offense, how it was schemed up – or how it's been schemed up when Trout Taylor's been in there. So give me the Texans. Can't believe I'm saying it. Before we get to this next game –
0: PFF has a promo code out. Cyber40 gets you 40% off any PFF subscription right now through December 6th. If you're interested in PFF, you got to subscribe. And then also, DraftKings this Thanksgiving. Be thankful for family food and free bets. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has a turkey day no-brainer you can't miss. New customers can bet just $1 on any Thanksgiving NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. Literally, if either team scores a point. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the Thanksgiving action, make your first deposit, and you can play for free. Play free for millions with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF. Bet just $1 on any Thanksgiving NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code PFF this Thanksgiving at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older in Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. The only new customers. Only restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling promo code 1-800-Gambler. That's pretty good. Back into that read was sexual and violent. Um, Chargers Broncos. Broncos opened as three-point dogs. And now are just two-and-a-half-point dogs at home. At the two-and-a-half number. Chargers are a better team across the board. According to PFS power rankings, they're the 17th ranked team in ELO, 13th ranked team in offensive ranking, and 10th ranked team in defense. The Broncos don't crack the top 20 in any of those. This Broncos team has not been good. Now, it's easier said than done playing in mile high, but I ride with where the where the betters are right now. 91% of the money line bets in this game are on the Los Angeles Chargers at roughly minus 135. And I am riding with that same bet. I do feel that the Chargers win this game. And at two and a half under the key number three, I think it's a bet the house situation for me. I like
1: the Broncos in this one.
0: I picked another favorite.
1: I like what they can do from a run block perspective now that Quinn Miners in the starting lineup. 80- Miners? I hardly know her. 80.0 run block and greatest last game. I think he is at right guard there, uh, paving the way for against a defense that we've said on this podcast with, like I said, Kenneth Murray only four stops all year long, back with a very soft defensive tackle position with Jerry Tillery not being able to hold up against a double team to save his life. (laughs) I think they roll on the ground. And when they're rolling on the ground, that is when Teddy can be Teddy. Because when it's a third and four, Teddy can convert that. When it's a third and ten, Teddy cannot. So I like the Broncos' chance of scoring some points in this game. Miners is the difference? Well, just the run game in general. I yeah, yeah one the guard. Difference. One guard's the difference.
0: Miners sure. is the difference, and that's why probably the line has moved since you said that down yeah. to two and a half. Rams at Packers. Packers favored by just one at home. It's confirmed. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have COVID toe, but it is still fractured. Yeah, there is still that part. I don't want to pick the Packers only because I have picked a billion favorites.
1: That's terrible reasoning.
0: That's terrible reasoning. All right, well, you go first. Well, my reasoning is, here's
1: my reasoning, Noel Jenkins. That was massive. He was a Pro Bowl left tackle. And you don't have your other Pro Bowl left tackle, David Bakhtiari, back. You have Yosh Nijman. I'm not pronouncing that correctly whatsoever. But Yosh Nijman going up against Von Miller. That is not a good matchup. And, And, yeah, the Packers kind of made it work last year in the playoffs against the Rams with this quick passing game plan and I do like Matt Lafleur being able to scheme up some easy offense for them again but at the same time, the Rams are fairly uniquely qualified to slow down this Packers offense if the run game is not working and the run game, they do not have The guys they had rolling out last year who could move that off the line. You don't have Elton Jenkins being able to block Aaron Donald. And Aaron Donald, who was not 100% last year going up against the Packers in the playoffs. You have Royce Newman trying to block Aaron Donald. You have – what's his other face? Left guard. I'm blanking. Whatever. But you have a weaker interior trying to block Aaron Donald. I just think that this Rams defense and Jalen Ramsey being able to guard Devontae Adams – is qualified to stop what the Packers want to do offensively. There you go. That's
0: I'm going to change my analysis. Okay. I'm taking the Packers because Aaron Rodgers just changed his profile picture on Twitter to this foot. Did he? Yeah. Oh. And I think that level of petty is hot. And I think he's he's get, he's in the right mindset to go in two at home, only one point favorite of the Los Angeles Rams. I think that's the mindset I need. Knowing it's not Covito and knowing that he's proud of the toes he has, I think is all that I need. Yep. Vikings at 49ers. 49ers favored by three at home. This isn't a dog I like. I like the Vikings on the road to beat San Francisco. And this is with a Jimmy Garoppolo and a 49ers offense has been phenomenal lately. I do think that Minnesota, though we've called them the best bad football team in the NFL, Minnesota matches up well with the San Francisco 49ers. Kirk Cousins is one of the better graded quarterbacks so far this season when kept in a clean pocket. If they can keep some clean pockets here, even on the road, I think in San Francisco where weather won't be as much of a factor,
1: i like them to cover the three. Yeah, I like the Vikings as well. And it's just you look at Jimmy Garoppolo's target map past two weeks when he said their offense has been rolling. It's literally within 10 yards over the middle of the field. Like his average F target last two weeks is under seven yards. And he's just pumping targets there. Well, the Vikings have two pretty good linebackers in Eric Hendricks and Anthony Barr who are rangy and capable of making plays over the middle of the field. It would... Floor me if one of those two does not have a pick in this game or Harrison Smith. Like, he's got to throw one. That's where Mike Zimmer takes away for opposing offenses. So I think the Vikings slow down Jimmy G's sort of weirdly efficient underneath run. Do you think that Minnesota gets into the playoffs? Yes. Yeah, I do. I mean, like seven playoff teams. I think they're all – already in as it stands right now yeah yeah and i think they're i said they're underachieving still as is uh yeah i think they're probably gonna make it i think it's a good bet for the playoffs browns at ravens on
0: Sunday Night football chris collinsworth the boss man will be in baltimore tell me why the spread shouldn't be bigger is there any reason that the Ravens should only be favored by four at home the browns have been down pretty bad lately. And now, maybe some of this is baking in that Lamar Jackson might be sick again and you're not able to see a Lamar Jackson. And Tyler Huntley, I think, loses to the Browns at home, unlike losing last time to the Bears on the road. But if Lamar Jackson's playing in this game, I think the Ravens should be favored by more than four, and i like them to
1: cover. Yeah, I do as well. Do we ever, like, get clarity on what actually was wrong with Lamar Jackson? I think he was sick. I'm not sure. They never reported it, which, like, have we learned, like, i don't know i don't want to speculate too much but like he just was in and around people being sick like does he not have transmutable illness that like we've all been cognizant of the fact that you know flus and other coughs and shit are very transmittable and that's why people wearing masks and socially distancing themselves to pass like or what does he have that he was just like was part of the team but also not able to play? I don't know. Whatever. I don't want to dig too deep. But if he plays, he's they're they're, they're a much better team in this game. Yeah, I don't know
0: what sickness he has. It's obviously negative. It's he's. Pro- I don't think he's been around the team though. He hasn't been. No, promising. he was.
1: Oh, well, he was like in the locker room and shit like last week. That's why I was just like, hmm. what could it be that he's good enough to do that? But also sounds like Quinn play. has something to say.
2: Well, so you're you're saying this all like tongue in cheek? But like I like obviously I follow Louisville football like. They have a bunch of players sick now too and like where was he a couple weeks ago louisville jersey retirement ceremony
0: so like maybe he is getting people sick
1: yeah what's going on what's going on i don't know
0: it could be tough it could be tough i don't think he's gonna be sick this week there's
1: gonna be conspiracy theory about it all right continue
0: i don't want to get into it i'm (laughs) taking another dog here seahawks at football team are one point dogs on the road in dc against heineke and the boys Seattle, I know, doesn't have a lot going for them, right? And they have, without like Chris Carson, I mean, they run the football and is not having a lot of success. Rashad Penny got hurt on the first play. Former San Diego State legend. Hurts his hamstring in this run game has been a disaster. I think Russell Wilson finds a way against a Washington football team. Oh, Washington. You just wanted to take a dog.
1: I always want a dog. You always right. had to take a dog. I need a dog. Because had too many favorites. I Couldn't had too many
0: favorites. It. And I think if there was a dog I like, it's Monday Night Football Russ. Let Russ cook.
1: No, I, I don't foresee him turning the corner against. This defensive line truthfully i mean even without chase young they're still getting after opposing passers so yes give me the football team because seattle is just reeling on both sides of the ball reeling on
0: both sides of the ball that's gonna do it for the nfl preview man that's gonna do it for the nfl preview should we get into this listener mailbag yes before do we it. do one last sponsor shout out one last for the boys, for the boys back home. It's Western Southern, whether it's football success or financial savvy, the right questions help set the stage for winning strategies. Western Southern is teaming up with PFS, very own Chris Collinsworth to share insights. that can help put you ahead on both your fantasy and financial scoreboards. Want to hear about Chris's old playing days or behind the scenes with Alan Sunday night football. How about a need to know for your financial future? Now you can ask about either or both and every football or financial question you ask or do you a chance to win a catered party for February's big game. Check out the Chris Collinsworth podcast where we were just on and Western Southern's Instagram for answers to the best questions each week submit your questions at westernsouthern.com slash ask chris one more time that's westernsouthern.com slash ask chris if you're watching on youtube check out the link in the description below remember the western southern you can rest assured on game day it's game day baby all right listener mailbag season Got a lot of questions. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And when you do leave a review, if you leave a question in there, your question gets automatically pushed to the top of the list, courtesy of our producer, Max Chadwick. This is from Mad Dog 2021 What goal does PFF believe NFL franchises should ultimately be orienting their team-building strategy towards? Long-term, short-term, et cetera?
1: Yeah, this one was deep. It's like, how do you run a franchise? That's kind of like – this is kind of what we talked about all spring and – with great agencies for need drafts for value but i think he's more saying do you play for the short term or Do or you play for the long term and what i say to that is where are you as a franchise like that's what we always say is knowing where you are as a franchise is so key to what kind of moves you should be making are, are you the lions if you are don't go out and negate your comp picks by signing Jamal Williams. You know, like, don't go out and sign menial free agents to plug holes. Develop young guys. And now they're still doing that. They have, they had like 11 rookies played 30 plus snaps or something this past week, something insane. But, like, if you are the Rams and you're not going to have a lot of picks and this is your window and you're paying a lot of money right now, by all means, go out and get Odell Beckham. Now, I wouldn't say maybe give up as much as they gave up for Von Miller. That was kind of insane, but. Go maximize your window. Like I, I think that's a big part of, like I said, knowing where you are. Whereas, like if you're, and we said it this past off season with the Jaguars and the Jets, it's like this is not the year you win the Super Bowl. So if you're going to go out and spend a bunch of money in free agency, without like banking on this being the year it turns around, well. It, it's not going to happen you're you're too far away so don't go out and do that it's like mm-hmm. don't waste your cap when the cap rolls over every year don't waste it right now when you could maximize that window in 2022 so i think that's kind of how we would say team building strategy where are you as a franchise how close are you to a super bowl that should determine what you should do mm-hmm. and then at the same time when you are in the draft two is always better than one
0: I think I took that question less like literal. You added some specific strategies on how to chase this high level goal, but like your high level goal, both long term and short term is what is the, how can I win a Super Bowl? And what's the closest yeah. path to winning that Super yeah. Bowl? And sometimes that is not winning football games and trying to get a quarterback and moving on and dumping players and stuff like that. Your, 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 your goal every single time should be to win a Super Bowl. Now, our teams actually like effectively monetized and incentivized to win Super Bowls? I mean, you look at Cincinnati and how they've spent their money and how they've had some strategy. They're just looking to survive and stay upright and stay in this clubhouse of 32 te- teams that just make a shitload of money every year. Now, there should be more ways, I think, to incentivize teams to have that as their ultimate goal. And I think on paper, that's everyone's ultimate goal. But a lot of their ultimate goals are honestly just how do I make, make more money? money? How do I make more money? And sometimes that's not always... Taking the Same. making the decisions to the shortest Super Bowl, right? It's yeah. it's drafting a running back top four and selling his jersey like Derrick McFadden back in the day or whoever the fuck it might be. It's building a face of the franchise and someone that's marketable yeah. and that kind of stuff. We we could talk about the business side of that all day long. Renner has a mar- an accounting degree, so he could definitely help us out. Oh, yeah. From Andy the man on the Apple podcast, yeah, Apple. Sound like you? How I do did. you? I did how something. do you decide between two players at the same position who are very close in rank? What factors do you consider? What are tiebreakers, etc.? Can I start? Yeah, I do think that, and we well, don't. He said, he said example, Chris Olave. Garrett oh, he did Wilson. say example, Chris Olave versus Gary Wilson for receiver. There is a lot of you know interest in the flavor of a receiver that you want, right? Mm-hmm. Do you want a predominantly outside receiver or inside or a slot receiver? Do you want a guy? That's a bigger body. That's winning in contested catch situations. You want a guy that wins after the catch, like a Debo Samuel. I do think that. What is your offense going to cater to, right? And like you look at the Cincinnati Bengals taking Jamar Chase. There's other factors like he used to play with Jamar Chase and he wins down the football field. And there's things like that. So I do think that every situation is different. And even where on like when you're creating a draft board, right? Like there's these rankings. Mm-hmm. I like, oh man, Chris Olave is 11th, Garrett Wilson's 12. Those guys can be separated by magnitudes depending on the type of offense you run, the, the receivers yeah. you already have on your football team, the quarterback you have, the op- all that type of shit. So I do think that it is your own personal flavor yeah. saver scheme, that you're trying whatever. to – I don't know what, saying, but, but yeah, but, you know what I'm saying. But I
1: do think sort of more take a step back if you're just looking at projecting. Next level when it is someone like Chris Holloway versus Garrett Wilson. Now I, I'm considerably behind Garrett Wilson just from a pure talent perspective. But if you will, if you do say, hey, those are two players that I see talent wise similarly, Garrett Wilson's a year younger. That that's a separator right there. The guy who's doing it at a younger age, who has that talent at a younger age, that right there, you can tell me like if if you did have very equal all everything else equal on them. Age would be a separator there. In the Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith sort of debate last year that raged, that we talked about all last spring, Jamar Chase had the more NFL projectable body type. Like they both put up insane numbers in the SEC, productive, separators, whatever, had it all. Jamar Chase had the physical tools that you would project better to the NFL. So you put Jamar Chase head. Um, the other one that I got here was that like something else that could differentiate two guys in your eyes, even if maybe on the field you see them and they're similarly tooled. Sam Cosme versus Alex Leatherwood last year, both very, very athletic, both sort of project tackles coming out in terms of how they use their hands, their pass sets, whatever. Alex Leatherwood played at Bama. He had the best coaching in college football. Mm -hmm. They have churned out offensive linemen. Sam Cosby didn't. Sam Cosby like has an excuse for why he was not this technically savvy offensive attack coming out. Alex Luther really didn't quite have that. So that to me then would tip the skills towards Sam Cosby and did yeah. on our draft board.
0: Also gotta factor in, you know you, you never factor in the interview process. Yes. Is he motivated? Is he a does he chart? Does he chart? Does he Anybody chart? Anybody
2: that shows Austin an Excel spreadsheet top of the draft board. Th- that's what I'm saying. I if will-
0: you're
1: not using Excel in your pre draft process, what's the fucking point? you would have hated Trent Williams this is a good story that Will Montgomery who used to work at PFF NFL offensive lineman he was a center for the football team I guess it was Washington Redskins at the time for a while said he would chart every guy he went up against watched all his film whatever Trent Williams would watch a few plays of the guys he was going up against not chart a single thing and be good I just wanted to know what kind of guy they were wow. and, he would, and what Montgomery would ask him, like, why don't you like go more in depth on him. He's like I'm going to make them play my game.
0: Wow, that's kind of sick though. I mean, Trent Williams, you say it with that level of swagger. Yep. You say it with that swagger. I'm going to be I'm going to
1: take to it. I'm definitely going to take to it. Exactly. This that is, was sick. It was a sick story and I'm like, "Oh, yeah, well, when you're that when you're the dude like Trent, yeah, then you do just like, like a freak. it's I mean, better to yeah. yeah. This is from Toddie's boy on Apple Podcast.
0: Rank these defensive linemen going forward. Quinn Williams, Nick Bosa, Brian Burns, Josh Allen, Max Crosby all start. Okay. Nick Bosa. Yeah. Max Crosby, agreed. Josh, uh, this is where it gets I would stuff. go. Josh Allen, Brian Burns, and Quentin Williams. Quentin Williams is last, regardless. Like yeah. Burns and Allen is where you could flip, and then Crosby. The fact that Crosby this year, even going against bad offensive tackles, is like strong. you uh, Strongly considering putting him number two behind Bosa is insane. Like how much he's improved. You know, we've talked about how much he's added to his frame, and he's been sober for a while. I mean, he has done so much. Like legitimately revamp the player he is. Yeah. That, I mean, that, you got to – people don't talk about like he's not like a comeback player of the year candidate, right, because he didn't get hurt or whatever. But like if there was a most improved Breakout, player yeah. award, I yeah. mean, holy shit, this guy has like legitimately improved leaps and bounds.
1: Yes, 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 yes. Uh, he's, he's a monster. I mean, it, it's a close two. The tier to me is him and Bosa is their own tier, and then Burns Allen is their own tier, and Williams is his own tier. Uh, I would lean Burns. I just prefer that kind of rusher. But Josh Allen's damn good, too. Like, you're not going wrong, any of those top guys. And honestly, Quinn Williams came on this year more so than years past as well. So do, 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 do. On to Redacted on
0: Apple Podcasts. It's a cool name. Was it actually Redacted? I don't or? know. I don't know. Max puts these things or together. Yeah, that's what I want to know. What should the Lions do with the Rams' pick? Also,
1: is it clear-cut that they should take Thibodeau at one? Your thoughts? I, I think... Thibodeau, okay, so Thibodeau at one, not so clear cut. You can go Stingley, even though with the injury, that would be a sick cornerback group. There was Stingley and Okuda. I almost like want to lean that if I'm the Lions just because of what that could be, you know, how that could look if you have two shutdown cornerbacks, uh, especially, maybe I shouldn't say especially, Aaron Rodgers might not be there for too much longer, but I don't think it's a slam dunk. I don't think you can go wrong with him, Thibodeau. Hamilton. Any of those three, I'd, I'd be completely fine with if I am a Lions fan. What should the Rams do with the Rams pick, though? That's where I'd go quarterback. Like I think you still take a shot at quarterback in this class. Don't, don't leave without one. And that is where I would want to take one more so. It's probably later in the second, first round. So there you go.
0: I like it. I think I'm with you. I think I am with you. Fake on Apple Podcasts. Okay, so we just went redacted. Now this is fake. Yeah. I think Max is playing Max games with our shit. Yeah. One, when will SESU hire Austin to be Minister of Culture for Aztec football? It's a good fucking question. If you're looking for a Minister of Culture, I don't even think I was meant for the job I have now. I'm meant to be someone's Minister of Culture. Can you imagine being a Minister of
1: Culture? Probably soon. What dorm was Mike in, and was it the right choice? Okay, it's called Halls at Notre Dame. They're not called dorms. Don't get it twisted. Uh, I was started in O'Neill. I moved to Siegfried because my friend from high school same year as oh. me uh, went in our name and I uh, I just found um,
0: The redacted Max tried to save this from the pie, he just slacked it to us both. The the person's name was Mike's girlfriend that had chlamydia. Oh. <laughs> Max, you gotta keep that in there, man. That's good oh, stuff. Come on, That's good talent. That's good talent. That's good bags, is what it is. All right, go uh,
1: ahead. She didn't have chlamydia, actually. That, oh, was, God. The, that, was, the, was, that was the that was the,
0: old, that was the end of the story. And
1: Aaron Rodgers doesn't have COVID toe. Exactly. It was very similar to the COVID. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Can we see your toe? <laughs> uh, but I was, yeah. Started O'Neill, transferred to Siegfried because my buddy from high school also went the same year as me, uh, and he lived in Siegfried. And Siegfried was, they had better sports, uh, inner, inner hall sports teams. So I went there to play uh, on those because you play, you don't play like with your friends. You play with your hall in all Football, basketball, whatever, baseball. We won in baseball. In the this
2: football. sounds like some it Harry bomb. Potter shit. Dude. Yeah, it sounds it kind, like old shit, it. It kind of It, it whole shit, kind of is. It. It's all male
1: dorms, all female. Excuse me, but no, Griffin, no. I, just said dorms. <laughs> I just fucked it up. All female halls, all male doll halls. Uh, but I will say, South Dining Hall is consistently ranked one of the best dining halls in the country. It is incredible food. It is why I got so fat at Notre Dame. Uh, that if you if you are, I would say I can't remember the one hall that's on the south campus. that's like very new. You want to be in South Dining Hall, though it is the bomb.
0: Do they let the men and women eat together? Yeah, they do. Really? It's kosher.
1: Yeah. Oh wow. Were you making moves in the dining hall? No, or just grubbing. I would be there with like five chocolate milks, just putting out a vibe. Like, don't talk to me. This is She's putting out a vibe. <laughs> this is what I came for. Jeez, love that. All right, this is
0: from Brett on the Beat on Apple Podcasts. Only Apple Podcasts questions. They got to rate and review. Got to rate and review. Let's be honest. The Steelers have the best receiving core in the league. Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool can't show their skills because of Ben, and they still have Juju, who's on the IR. Do the Steelers take a rookie quarterback or trade for Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and go all out while they still have a top-five defense? Top-five defense might be rich. Not to mention, he need they need corner and offensive line. I do think that they do not have the best receiving core in the league. They don't have the best receiving core in the league, mm-hmm. but they have good receiving talent.
1: Yeah. I would take the Cowboys. That would be the top receiving core in the NFL. Yeah. I would take the Bucks. I would I would rather have ah, this one's tough, but I would think I'd rather have what the Chiefs have, just with two dominant receivers.
2: Any other teams that start with a B?
1: Than with mm. than the Steelers. The Bengals are close. They're in the conversation. they they're similarly tooled. I'd honestly probably rather have the Bengals. I'd rather have the Broncos. So there are a number of teams out there with better receiving cores. But they have a very good one. And I do think they are going to be an attractive landing spot for a quarterback this offseason because they have some space next year. They obviously have a good front seven defensively. They lose Joe Hayden will be a free agent. We'll see what happens with him. He's obviously fairly up there, getting up there in age. It's attractive because of the wide receivers, but they're going to whoever they take in, they're going to, to get some, some spend some cash in that O line. But I will say with the stability of that, you know, coaching staff with the franchise, winning franchise, whatever. That it will be an attractive landing spot. It would not surprise me whatsoever if Russ, A. Rod, Carr ends up a Steeler. I do think that even though we've talked a lot about them being getting in the rookie
0: quarterback market and being at the back end of the first, if they can get their hands on a big a big name, I'm keen. Trivia, you ready? Let's do it. Yep. All right.
2: We, uh, so our friend Perk Angel is back this week. Perk Angel? He, yeah, Wait, Perk Angel. The... He wants to know, since 2000, only three first overall picks have won a Super Bowl at any point in their careers as players. Who are they?
1: Eli Manning. Since 2000, you said? Was he since first? 2000. Yeah. First, yeah. Okay. That, Eli Manning. That counts?
0: Even though he got traded? That counts.
1: Yeah, yeah, that counts. It counts. Um, so only three first round picks have won a Super Bowl at some point in the career. Okay. Um, Peyton? Eli? No, not Peyton. Cause, he was 98. Uh, yeah, he was I mean, yeah, 98. Feels uh, like 98. Oh, gosh. Other first overall picks. This is tough. Oh. No. What are you say? I don't know. I'm going to get it. I got this. Not Tra Or did he? Eric Fisher was the number one overall pick. Eric over. Fisher did. Damn it. It. So, yeah. There so, you go. Yeah. Yep. Eric Fisher is number two. There you go. You got one more, quarterback. Man, why am I
0: so bad? I don't know. I can't. I can't think. I'll get it. No, I'll get it. Oh
1: man! What year? Now <laughs> yeah, well, i was just gonna give it away. <laughs> yeah.
2: Draft year or Super Bowl year? Just uh, either one. Draft uh, Super Bowl year was twenty thirteen.
1: Okay, so that
0: I don't know, dude. This I'm so bad with this shit. I don't know what to say. Twenty
1: thirteen was that the Ravens?
0: Is it the Ravens?
2: No. Who was it? Giants won the Super Bowl that year. Oh, so was a backup quarterback for the Giants. Backup QB for the Giants, yeah. Who was it? <laughs> oh,
0: fuck. Uh, no idea. I don't either. David Carr. Oh. Uh, so David, David Carr has a Super Bowl ring.
2: David Carr has a Super Bowl, Super Bowl that's ring. The, yeah.
0: That's the biggest trivia.
2: Yeah. That, well, that's why I looked it up. That's why I had the Super Bowl year pulled up God, in front David. of me because I did not know that, that was David terrible. Carr had a Super Bowl was, that, was,
1: that was one of my worst performances. So, yeah, Same. Girl.
2: Well, that's that's kind of a tough one. Good job, Perk Angel. Keep him coming. Perk Angel or Burke Angel? Perk. P-E-R-C. Like the... Yeah, by yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, got there it. Go. That's <laughs> probably where where it stems from. Um, on Saturday, tailgate is headed to Ann Arbor for number two Ohio State versus number five Michigan. And the bar that we are supposed to shout out is uh, score- Keepers. scorekeepers. Keepers. Yep, there Escapes. you go, Salfaro, so shouting out scorekeepers. That's where uh, tailgate's going to be. The last time the Wolverines took down the Buckeyes was in two thousand eleven. Who were the two quarterbacks in that game?
1: Uh, shoelace.
2: No shoelace.
1: It was. No, who the hell is she? Oh, was? Denard Robinson. <laughs> yeah,
2: Denard Robinson. I didn't know that was his nickname. Um, it's because he didn't tie his shoes, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Gosh, I did, yeah, that is ridiculous.
1: <laughs> that's just ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, Denard Robinson and Ohio State. Who would have been? Oof, they had some lean. Uh, Braxton Miller, maybe? Braxton Miller, yeah. Oh, was? I was going to give you a hint. It was a guy that
0: tied his shoes, but didn't need it.
1: yeah, didn't that's, that's, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs>
2: Yep, uh okay, last one here. Michigan, Talk about
0: fun to watch. Both those guys are sick.
2: Yeah, that the Braxton Miller spin move, even though I hate Ohio State, is is still probably yeah. one of the better college football highlights really in is. at least mm-hmm. in, in the last 10-15 years. Fair. Uh okay, last one. Michigan edge defender Aiden Hutchinson currently has a 93.2 grade. If that holds, it'd be the second highest graded season by a Michigan player in the PFF college era. Who was first? Devin Bruce.
0: Bush. Maurice oh, Maurice Hurst. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 94.4. RIP. He was I, high. He, what'd would he have, be like number three? Number three on the draft board. Yeah,
2: that was my first draft here. I same, think. same. And I remember
0: he was like super, super high on our board. He was. He was big. Mike loved him. <laughs> loved him. Some Maurice Hurst. Uh, was there a bonus question that Max sent you? Yeah, are you guys not doing Oh, yeah, he did send it to me. Yeah. yeah. We're not doing Know Your Co-host.
2: Um, so I got two. This, these are Thanksgiving questions. Uh first one Austin this or Mike I guess this is mm-hmm. for you Austin you can chime in if you want this corner is the highest graded Packer on Thanksgiving
1: since like we started grading
2: yeah <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs>
2: um yeah we're using PFF grades not not any other body not anybody else's grading systems
0: Charles Woodson Charles Woodson
2: nice Austin this receiver is the highest graded Raider on Thanksgiving
0: Louis Murphy no. Um, <laughs> Mari Cooper.
2: No. That's oh. a good guess, though. Hmm. Chaz Schillens? I don't even know
0: who that is. Yeah, yeah. Jeron Kreiner? Negative. Uh, Jerry f- Porter? Uh, Ford. Jacoby uh, Ford? Ford? Jacoby Ford. Negative. Oh. Give me the first letter.
2: <laughs> of his first name? Yeah.
0: A. A? Ooh. So it's not a Murray Cooper. Cooper. No, it's not a Mark Cooper. Hmm. A. I don't know. Who the fuck is it?
2: Andre Holmes. Andre
0: yeah. Holmes is my 90. guy. 90.2. Yes, I loved Andre Holmes. Number 18. He was so, he was dope. Yep. One of the few proud. That's right. it. I, I'm, I'm all out of questions okay. now, so you guys are on your own. I'll leave you guys with this. This is the end of the Tailgate Podcast. Have an absolutely incredible Thanksgiving. Eat all the shitty turkey you guys can. We will be back next week from Ann Arbor. We're going to Ann Arbor, and we're going to burn that place to the ground if Michigan wins. That's a fact. Until next time, Austin Gill, Mike Renner, Tailgate. So, Arnold, you started at Temple, spent three years there. Talk to me about that experience and growing within that program before you made the decision to go to Penn State.
3: Well, early on at Temple, um, given the fact that I got to Temple, I was around 200 pounds. So I knew the biggest thing for me was to go into my body, kind of gain weight. And during that process, I also had to learn the game of football, given the fact that I started playing football so late. Mm -hmm. So I was just out there, I mean, learning from the older guys, playing my role, which was getting snaps here and there in some of the games. And it wasn't until last year that I got my opportunity to start for the team. I think that's when I made the most of it. Yeah,
0: I mean, you're looking at how you've graded in PFF system, you look at that last year at Temple in 2020. Yeah, it was a COVID kind of abbreviated season, but an 85.0 PFF grade in 2020. And then you make the decision to transfer to Temple. What all went into that decision and what drew you ultimately to Penn
3: State? Well, I thought um, after that year at Temple, I felt like, I did what I needed to do and I was I I was looking for ways to become a better player and I was looking for a better challenge and I wanted to go to a program that was going to give me the opportunity to kind of compete at a higher level and Penn State was just the best uh, place for me given the fact that when you look back on uh, some of the edge defender they had in the past and looking at my skill set I felt like I, I, I fit perfectly into that system that's why going to Penn State was really the e- an easy decision for me.
0: What role did James Franklin play in all of that and I guess speak to the relationship that you have with James Franklin obviously he's coming you rumor know, getting that big extension James Franklin a big part of Penn State and that program what's your relationship with him and what role did he play in that recruiting process?
3: I have a very good relationship with him, given the fact that from the jump, he was completely honest with me. I mean, the biggest thing talking to him in the process was you have an opportunity to come in and kind of earn the job. I mean, it's not just going to be handed to you. You have to come in and earn it. And for me, I took it as I took it as it was. I knew that I had to come in, work every day and kind of go from there. And that's exactly what I did
0: where would you say because obviously you start playing football in high school right and then you have this opportunity limited opportunities your first two years at temple finally get to start there at temple now have really ascended into you know a senior bowl invite one of the best players one of the best seniors in all of college football where would you say your game has improved the most right is it football IQ is it understanding the game is it what you've done in the weight room film work all that stuff
3: where would you say your game has improved the most um, I think the biggest thing, given the fact that I've been in college for so long, I think everything just started to slow down for me mm-hmm. in terms of also football IQ and kind of recognizing everything that's out there. Obviously, I still have a lot. Of, I still have some things that I can work on to improve my game and take my game to even a higher level. But I think right now, just from the start of the season to now, I just kept getting better in terms of recognizing things out there and just hitting the right move at the perfect time. That that's basically that's that's an aspect where I believe my game took a not a step from last year to this year. Talk
0: about your film process right now, right? In a given game week, what exactly are you looking for on film? When are you turning that on? Are you how much of that is on you know looking at film of yourself from the previous week, the opposing offense, the certain tackle you're gonna go against? I'd love to hear more details about like how, how you approach the film room.
3: So what I do is – um as we go through the defensive breakdown, I try to look at some of the some formation that the off the offense do a lot in terms of play recognition. You try to figure out when they line up in this particular formation, what kind of play they they are gonna run based off that. And you also look at what the tackle you're gonna go against, some of the things that they do well. You basically try to limit some of the things that they do well and try to use that to your advantage. So I think in terms of pass rushing is really like a chess game, you really got to make the right move at the, at, at the right time. That's basically, that's how I try to approach it every week.
0: I mean, Talking to different pass rushers, they place different importance on having a variety of moves or having just one really strong move that you can lean on and then have multiple counters off of that. Where are you at in that debate, right? Do you want to add every move under the sun and have 50 different moves you could throw at a guy, or are you really focusing on specializing in you know a handful of moves to work as primary moves and counter
3: moves? So I think for me... I try to focus on three moves.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
3: either speed, speed of power, and speed of the undercut. Mm-hmm. So I kind of focus on those three and mastering those three and kind of knowing, because the biggest thing, you got to know when to use it. Yeah. So if you're being smart with it and you know when exactly to use your move, that's kind of what has been working for me throughout this season. Gotcha. That's awesome,
0: man. And have you had any opportunities to watch film on other college pass rushers or even NFL pass rushers to pick up some of those moves? Or, or how much are you watching other pass rushers to add to your arsenal?
3: Yeah, I, I watch a lot of other guys and <laughs> NFL players too, especially when it comes down to scouting specific opponent you playing that week. And, you know, in the Big Ten, there's a lot of good pass rushing. And you go back, and whenever uh, those guys play the uh, same exact, Offensive line, so you go go back and see some of the moves that they use. You try to see if you can incorporate that to your game, and that that's how it was helpful to watch other guys and kind of see what they do.
0: I also wanted to bring up, you know, a, a player that's been on this podcast, one of your teammates, Jaquan Brisker, who is obviously an on the football field and off the football field leader. What's your relationship with him, and how much do you feel he's had an impact on this program, not just this year but the years he's been there?
3: I mean, me and Jaquan, we have. a Incredible relationship uh, from the time I came into Penn State. He one of those guys that I was pushed me and encouraged me to give the best of myself out there. I mean, I don't have to talk a lot about how great of a football player he is. I mean, he shows that day in and day out, out there every Saturday on the football field.
0: And you guys both, and a uh, big congratulations to you, but you guys both got invites to the All-Star game down there in Mobile, the Senior Bowl, a huge opportunity to flex in front of coaches and all these scouts and stuff like that. How excited are you for that opportunity? I guess what part of that process are you most looking forward to?
3: Well, what I'm really most looking forward to is you get to go against some of the best players in college football, and there's no better opportunity for, for me to go out there And to prove that I'm the best, you get to go against the best. So it's just a huge opportunity for me to go out there and showcase what I can do.
0: 100%. I will say this. Every time we go down there, it's such an opportunity, right, to go one-on-one against the biggest offensive tackles, the best offensive tackles in the country. Uh, A couple more ones for you here, and then I'll let you go. What do you feel are going into this big game, going into Michigan State, in East Lansing? What is the energy like in that locker room, and what are your guys' goals going into this
3: obvious big game? Well, it's it's definitely a a huge opportunity. I mean, getting to go against a very good Michigan State team. I mean, we know what they represent. We know what they was able to do this year, and we're excited. We know what we have to do. We know what the game plan is. They're going to try to come in and run the ball. Our goal is to stop the run and earn the right to pass rush.
0: Love that, man. Well, Arnold, this has been
3: fantastic. Our AK, really appreciate you
0: jumping on the show. Sorry about the Zoom troubles within that. But thanks again. I wish you the best of luck for the rest of the season, obviously against East Lansing. And then also, we'll see you do- see you down there in Mobile and I wish you the best of luck at the Senior Bowl as well. Thank you. Appreciate it.